All right, y'all, it's Valley of Dreams. I'm Daniel, joined here as always by Phil. Phil, how on earth are you doing today? Got three big, huge pieces of pizza in me. I'm ready for this podcast. Ooh, oh, break down the ingredients on these pizzas. Oh, man, the amount of different cheeses that were on these pieces of pizza is very high. I had cheese dips. Mm. I had uh, sprinkled cheese. I had cold cheese, hot cheese, <laughs> like temperature wise. <laughs> I'm hungry right now. Yeah, man, you're starving. Uh, I could keep going. Um, the crust situation was just mm. completely over overwhelmed with spices and other uh, different tasty flavor herbs and etc. It was great. I had a great time. No, no, it was not CC's pizza. Close Domino's. Oh, you know what? (laughs) Domino's has a fantastic vegetarian pizza. They do. They do. Little known fact. Little known fact. It's Valley of Dreams. I am Daniel here with Phil. When people talk Valley of Dreams, they talk pizza analysis, they talk cheese analysis, they talk about the buffet at CC's. You want those powdered, who puts powdered sugar on a piece of pizza? It's a question people want to know the answer to. People will go down any number of paths when you ask them the fundamental question, why do you open the Spotify application, the amazonprime.com application, the overcast, the Apple podcasts. Why do you open these applications and go straight to Valley of Dreams? You know what they say nine times out of 10. It's the quick draw lightning round today on the quick draw segment. Hulu is one of the streaming services. Back in the day, If I recall correctly, Hulu was NBC's streaming service. I may be wrong about that. My memory is that at one point they were NBC's streaming service. Of course, obviously now NBC is on Peacock, but Hulu possibly has a new, I don't know what type of series this is because I haven't watched it or really consumed very much content about it at all, but I know that it exists Pam and Tommy, referring, of course, to Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. I knew you were going to say Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Tommy Lee Jones. The old man from No Country for Old Men. The the fugitive catcher. Marshall service, Marshall service, Marshall service. Would you watch, let's just break straight to the the question. This is really a yes or no. Would you watch Pam and Tommy on Hulu? I would. (laughs) So that's yes. Yes. Next. Why would you watch it? I, because this URL that you sent me about the Pam and Tommy the SEO'd URL says Pam and Tommy episode four accuracy Pamela Anderson miscarriage hell's angels dot html. That's that's enough for me. I'm I'm interested in all of that. Also, real talk, 
the best episode of Saturday Night Live ever was the mm. one that had Pamela Anderson uh, on it. Oh, Pam, go out to my car. <laughs> right. My gun. Rest in peace. That was Norm MacDonald, right? And oh, man, really? I think it was. All right, so real talk, how long ago was that? 25 years ago? <laughs> it was a long time ago. But we also know, because I bring it up all the time, that's when mm. Rollins Band was the musical guest. <laughs> Is that right? Right. Where it was like, we have Pamela Anderson Lee, the pinnacle of uh, celebrity at the moment. Right. 1996 <laughs> celebrity. And no offense to Rollins Band. I mm-hmm. love Rollins Band. Yeah. I don't know if I would have put pitted Rollins Band. I just, I don't know if it did anything for either one of the guests. I'm going to be real. Yeah. What if we switched out Tommy Lee for Henry Rollins? And Pamela Anderson, during this period, had been dating Henry Rollins. Where would Henry Rollins' career be right now? (laughs) Oh, man. Without saying anything about Henry Rollins' career, which I think is awesome. Which I think is awesome. But is he like the go-to... Uh, I don't know the go to <laughs> from 1996 as right, being right. like we're gonna do a Hulu <laughs> biopic on <laughs> on you. I don't know if I don't know if his life would be any different to be honest with you. <laughs> I think I would be fascinated. Not that I know anything about Tommy Lee's. I don't think I've ever tried to say his name out loud. Without saying Jones on the end. (laughs) Apparently really difficult for me. I feel very strongly that Rollins would have gone in a very interesting direction had he been with Pamela Anderson during this period. Yeah, and not just uh, a member cast member on the greatest episode of SNL. Greatest of single episode. Well, because that's ever. the one where she, Pamela Anderson, was mm. uh in character as uh Jenny McCarthy and Goat oh. and Goat Boy showed up. And so that, let me ask you this. I know that I have not seen this since its original airing in pro- we're guessing 1996 or so. Phil, have you seen it since then? <laughs> oh yeah, I got it on tape. <laughs> I got it on a tape. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen it that many times. I think I ended up recording it somehow when it happened the first time, and I had it on a VHS tape until mm-hmm. recently, aka 15 years ago. <laughs> Till Betamax eclipsed yeah. VHS. It's the quick draw lightning round. Next up on the quick draw lightning round Olympics question mark are they even happening my understanding is that the olympics what year is it 2022 or so Uh currently approximately 2022 i don't know if these are olympics that were supposed to happen last year or the year beforehand or if they're summer olympics or winter olympics i guess in our hemisphere it's currently winter it's 70 degrees outside as far as i can tell are these Summer Olympics? Are they Winter Olympics? Are we watching them? What sort of records are being set? Are the Olympics just not as exciting as they were during the Greg Luganis days? Phil? Well, again, the URL you sent me makes me want to watch 
the Olympics because the SEO situation is Peacock Olympics streaming good now Beijing. <laughs> it's like the the people at that publication are just like trolling. Um, but but anyway, um, I think the Olympics happen too often. If, I, right. if I'm honest, back in the day, it, it was took, every four years, right? Yeah, but now it seems like it happens almost every year during the pandemic. I know the pandemic always has the Olympics on. Right. Uh, although records being broken, I think this one's really cool. Okay. There, uh, apparently, it's not the first time it's been done in competition, but it's been, I think, the first time it was done in Olympic competition. There's a Russian figure skater that did a like multiple quadruple spins during mm-hmm. one of the uh, pre- in competition uh, in competition, and I watched those and the people yeah. doing the commentary. I don't know exactly what they said, but they were essentially just like, "No way, really!" And like this, uh, this uh, athlete's like 15 years old, oh, wow. and I guess has been doing these quadruple spin moves since they were 13 and I really, I think that's really cool that there's this new level that uh, athletes have broken through um, you know, like distant capability, which is really cool. Um, Figure skating is definitely. It's top tier. (laughs) It's probably my favorite event. Realistically. I think it's the one that's most impressive. Top tier. And just, just kind of neat. Did you watch I, Tanya? No. Oh. Oh man, we might as well stop the podcast no, before no. you watch Pam and Tommy. Watch Itania. First, first, you have to watch Itania. Okay, and that's um, streaming good now. Okay, streaming good now. Uh, uh, city streaming good now. Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that the? Yeah, that must have been Atlanta. I don't know when when Tanya was there. I. I Lillehammer. It's probably Lillehammer. All right. What if you haven't watched any of these Richard Jewell documentaries while we're at it or series, there's a series, I think it's on Netflix. Watch it. Fantastic. So for, for new listeners, <laughs> welcome to the show. If you haven't heard the name Richard Jewell before or in 15 years, 15, 20 years. 25 years. I think the Richard Jewell like analysis went on for a good 10 years after that Olympic session. Right. There are still people walking around who think that he was the Olympic bomber. (laughs) Are you walking? (laughs) RIP, by the way. To Richard Jewell. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But where are you at with the Olympics? (sighs) I don't, first of all, I want to know how to watch them. If I wanted to watch them, are they no longer on terrestrial uh, television? <laughs> are they on YouTube? I mean, if they're not on YouTube, I can't really watch them. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely not getting Peacock or whatever. I think Hulu, everyone has Hulu nowadays. It comes with your Spotify subscription, as I understand it. Um, uh, 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 you have a Spotify uh, subscription. Uh, 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 that is ratchets. Uh, we love Spotify. Ratchet. Give us money. We need to. I almost. I considered that being a segment today, but I do think that maybe tech next week we can do a deep dive on Spotify. I've thought about that, and this is the episode of Champions. This one is for the new listeners. 
So would I watch the Olympics? No, I would not. I would watch the figure skating event of the Olympics if it were on YouTube, but I don't want clips. I want the entire thing. I don't like these kind of NBA clips that they have on YouTube. Nah. We would just watch people scoring. That's I hate that. Also, I don't like. Yeah does does the Peacock have the the mm. direct feed? Because you know I care about a feel good story about mm-hmm. like this person overcame some adversity. Yeah. However, I also just <clears throat> want to see the straight stuff. You know, you don't just want like. Plot. I don't want any plot. I want abilities demonstrated. That's mm-hmm. it. I think if there is not plots and conflict, there is no sport. <laughs> okay. Issue number three on the quick draw segment. Hottest jobs of 2022. I personally have largely retired during 2000. In 22, after a fairly active 2021, regular listeners of the program, of course, are aware of Phil's shift in jobs. Phil resigned and got a new job that he is, as I understand it, happy with. As part of the great resignation, you know, it's not just people resigning, it's also people getting new jobs. What are the hottest jobs? of 2022. I can give you the top 10 list of the most searched how to become jobs on Google last year. Number one on the list was real estate agent. So people are watching a lot of selling Sunset, a lot of selling Tampa. They're watching everyone buy houses and they want to be real estate agents. Number two on the list, obviously perennial favorite, flight attendant number three notary yeah notary yeah right notary feels like the winner to me because you're kind of sitting around stamping things yeah your legitimacy as a human being observing things is respected formally by the world so i like that notary uh number four on the list of course therapist shout out to norm mcdonald uh, number five on the list, pilots. I could I could see you being a pilot, Phil. Um, mm. Number six, also a good Phil job, firefighter. I would I would consider firefighting. I would consider firefighting. Um, number seven, personal trainer. Mm. Number eight, psychiatrist. Number nine, physical therapist. Number ten. This one, I think, is a good job. Electrician. Phil, hottest jobs of 2022. If you were counseling the youth of 2022, let's say someone, they're 25, 32, they decided they want to participate in the Great Resignation, where would you send them off to? The mines. No, I think um, – good question. I mm-hmm. – uh, Correct. I don't have a lot of good insight into what people should be doing. Mm. I think um, it'd be really great if uh, – this is interesting. I think um, (laughs) – Gardner. Gardner, not on the list. The things that are weird to me that that aren't on this list is like where is 
there's nobody who wants to get into medicine. There's nobody that really psychiatrists. Uh, you're, okay. Yep. Um, nobody really wants to get into software. Like or that seems is notable. It seems like, but maybe it's because people who want to get into software don't think they need to type in how to become <laughs> that right. into Google. Uh huh. Um, so that's interesting. I don't see like actuary on here. Normally, that's like oh. a, one of the number one things people are like, "How do I become an actuary?" Right. Right. Uh, no, I I could really use some help in the engineering world if people wanted to start now in learning uh, software development. I think that mm-hmm. is probably a pretty safe career for the for the right the short, mid, and long term. Whereas. Okay. I kind of got to believe that all these other ones are probably pretty classic too. Mm-hmm. Gonna yeah. need your real yeah. estate sold. I bet that gets automated real soon though. I bet we don't need real estate oh. agents really soon. That's interesting. Yeah. I've really been um, enjoying talking to open door recently and they do have actual people mm-hmm. kind of manning different aspects of their business. Yeah. You know, they have a, a person who does appraisals and looks at your house. They have, they contract with people who aren't really the listing agents to show you houses, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Do people even really- need to be shown a house anymore? Did you look at your house before you bought it? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, I don't know if I would. I think, I think I could, I, would, I could buy I a house without looking it. at it. Without looking um, at it. I don't know, man. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I was trying to buy a beater. I ended up not buying a beater. Um, but man, I looked at whew, house the other day. It was worth looking at because it was in it was in bad shape. You know. Yeah, I guess. All right, I'll change my position. Something that a human lives in every day, I should probably go take a look at before I buy it. I mean, people are doing it sight unseen nowadays, right? Yeah, the market, man. But um. Yeah, I don't have a lot of good advice. I am interested in though the real jobs that people are are interested in that are from or I don't know that are looking to be filled by people that aren't typing how to become in, <laughs> in Google. But not so really makes I, sense. Yeah, I honestly, I would my advice to people would be build a YouTube empire, <laughs> operate it for five years, take whatever money you have invest it, retire and garden. That's it. I think that's it. All right. I think five years is way too long to work. That's long enough. After five, stop. YouTube content creator, get the money, invest, retire, garden. You are listening, of course, to Valley of Dreams. I am Daniel, joined here by Phil. We welcome all of you former Joe Rogan fans to the program. We begin with the quick draw, and of course, we move on to the music segment. Speaking of YouTube personalities, Phil is always telling me that I need to watch this guy, Rick Beato, and he finally sent me a link, which apparently is what is necessary for me to actually watch something. The link was to Rick Beato's piece on the top 10 Beatles riffs. Woof! Man, so I consider myself a fairly serious Beatles fan. Rick Beato uh, also considers himself to be in this category. I don't know if Phil 
Phil, Phil, do you consider yourself as like a serious Beatles fan? No, no, I don't. Okay. Okay. Um, top 10 Beatles riffs. I feel like that is a challenge. It's a challenging topic. Uh, Beato gives us a three part, uh, method for understanding why these songs have been chosen. These riffs, are they iconic? Are they fun to play? And are they sophisticated? Fascinating. Uh, Phil, first of all, why did you send this to me? Second of all, why should we talk about this? And third of all, what's up with this list? Break it down for us. Ooh. So the reason I sent it to you is because I talk about Rick Beato a lot Mm -hmm. as somebody that has a very, I think, put well, well done, put together uh, plat or content situation on YouTube. Yeah. Um, he puts out a lot of good videos, his content's high quality. Um, and this one came out, this video came out relatively recently, February 3rd. Mm. And Mm. I saw it and I was like, Hey, top 10. Hey, the Valley, we love top 10 lists in the Valley. Oh man! And, uh, then it was like, Oh, another keyword that the Valley cares about Beatles. And Mm. we're very, the Valley's super into, uh, guitar playing right now. And so I thought- Maybe I can hook Daniel or at least get him to just look at the link yeah, <laughs> if yeah. it included Open a top, the link. T- top 10 Beatles and riffs. And right. uh, I'm on board that, or I think it's great that you took a look at it and uh, yep. synthesized the iconic fun to play and sophistication <laughs> uh, different criteria out of it. So that's why I sent it to you. Um, yeah. I, I love it. I think uh, there's ton. His very deep uh, mm-hmm. amount of content from Rick Beato. We need to get sponsored by Rick Beato. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's a it's a cool video. I like it. I think Day Tripper might be the hottest oh. of these riffs. Oh, to be honest with you, what the first thing that came to my mind is that I don't think, even though the Beatles are a riff band. Uh I don't think of their songs in terms of riffs at all. You know, I tend to think of the melodies. um, I think more of the sounds. So it's, you know, like day tripper, you know, is killer. Uh It is a killer riff. And I think that, you know, there's a world, people talk about the stones and riffs. Right. And I think if that were Keith Richards, people would be like, that's one of Keith Richards's iconic riffs. I'm not sure if it's uh, George or Paul who's playing that riff. Oh, Day Tripper? Yeah. Oh, to be I don't honest know. with you. I know I the Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know. I'm pretty confident Paul plays the riff on paperback writer. Um mm-hmm. is there anything yeah. missing from that list? So let's go through the list. All Your Bird Can Sing, Blackbird, Lucy in the Sky, In My Life, Norwegian Wood, Because, Day Tripper, Paperback Writer, I Feel Fine, Here Comes the Sun. Uh I don't really, this is embarrassing. What's the difference between a riff, a lick, Uh and like a, I don't know, what else you got out there? Because ones that Mm -hmm. immediately come to mind is... What what is this helter skelter? Uh, <laughs> and we're like, "Hey, bulldog!" Seems like a yeah, like really. I think when I think of riff, I mean really rocking. 
That's really rough. I think I think you're a riff if you have full chords in you. Okay. Or at least partial chords like uh, "Smoke on the Water," right? Is a riff, not a lick. Okay. Should have looked. I should have looked into this earlier. Take a moment. Right. I mean, that one. to me, when I hear riff, like satisfaction is a riff, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess those are single notes, aren't they? Yeah, it's the like, it's the vibe. That's not a lick. It's that's not vibe. a lick. That's yeah. All right. So a riff is more in the pocket, vibing out. A lick is like <laughs> a riff. You know, yeah. um, a lick is like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan plays a lick. You're not like, oh, that was a really good Stevie Ray Vaughan riff. Correct. I think so. So like something. It yeah. seems like that, I mean, <laughs> that's like what the vibe is around that whole yeah. song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so what's missing? Or uh, we, we can go whatever direction we need to go. But Well, what I think is fascinating is this is absolutely, if you were to say, what are the Beatles songs that you really want to talk about? Yeah. A lot of these songs would not be on my list. Okay. So... One thing, or a few things that stand out. These are fairly John-oriented okay. as songs, right? So Andrew Bird can sing. Blackbird, obviously, is Paul. Lucy in the Sky is John. In My Life, John. Norwegian Wood, John. Because doesn't even feel like a riff song. When I think of because, I think of the harmonies yep. on that song. Um, Day Tripper, I think, is fairly a riff song. I mean, the, when the Beatles were their most just rock and roll, yeah. right. You really think more of the chord progressions than of the riffs, right. Uh-huh. You don't think of like the sort of chuggy riffy. Oh. Was that got to get you into my life? <laughs> <laughs> got to get you. Into- um, That's a lick. Yeah, that's a lick. Well, it's played on horns, well, sure, right? Sure, sure. So, it's like a horn lick. So, Day Tripper is kind of a Johnny Pauly song. Paperback writer Paul, I feel fun. is John, right? Um, <laughs> baby's good to me. You know? Yeah, uh-huh. so that's John. Um, here comes the sun, is George. I wonder if we're calling these riff songs because they're songs that were written by a member of the band who's playing guitar in the band rather than say bass. Got it. Band. And what about tax man? Ooh. Yeah. Like if I'm thinking Beatles, yeah, that's the main in, riff in guitar. So I would immediately think of tax man because the guitar in that song is insane. Buck wild. Some of the most fun guitar you're ever going to hear. And then pretty much when I'm thinking of high, like cool sounding guitar parts, George, all of his playing on Abbey road sounds incredible. Everything that George plays on that album is beautiful. Sometimes argued because he switched to a Les Paul for that album and has this sort of uh, mellower tone going on. What's the most sophisticated, the most sophisticated. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, I feel like their sophistication was typically in terms of their chord progressions mm-hmm. more than their riffs. And they don't, they, they don't feel like riffs. I'm going to go with tax man. Okay. That's a, I mean, 
That's a really difficult guitar part. To be honest with you, I almost wonder if they didn't choose Taxman because it was too hard. Because <laughs> they to couldn't play, play it. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, yeah, I like that. Oh, <laughs> some of the, the buckets are too hard to play. <laughs> like, must be easy to play. Yeah, fun to play right, is I mean, probably. Well, when you think about, you know, like they're really great songs i'm thinking you know day in the life i'm thinking uh happiness is a warm gun (laughs) and these tend tend to be songs that have these progressions right that bring you to a very different place from where they started and riff-based music is always repetitive by definition right and they the beatles were great at that type of thing also but it was earlier in their career that they concentrated on that type of thing. And it usually didn't take riff form. It's usually, you can think of the melodies like, um, she loves you, right? Starts with the chorus. She loves you. Yeah. 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 She loves you. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, like you can't, you probably couldn't write a better, you take Bruno Mars, give him a month. He couldn't write a better song than that. Right. But is it, it's not a riff song. It's not a lick song. It's not even really a chord progression song. It's a song about them understanding how to structure music really well. I love this. We could, you can't, we could come back. Think, <laughs> you, can, yeah, you can't with the Beatles. You know, I watched a few of his other videos. And it's, you know, why is X song such a great song? That tends to be really difficult to do with the Beatles because you're going to have really unique chord progressions. You're going to have very impressive harmonies. You're going to have innovative studio techniques. And you're going to have good lyrics. And you're going to have typically fairly beautiful singing, right? Yeah. So good luck being like, you know, this is the one reason I was watching. I actually watched the video, not by him. Um, why, why do Coldplay songs sound so beautiful? I hate Coldplay. I don't think they sound beautiful at all. But there was sort of an argument made about, you know, Coldplay songs. They always start on the four chord and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's awesome, right? Um, if you can kind of identify what it is about someone's music that or, you know, the you know, Radiohead always does X thing in their songs. That's great. The Beatles? Yeah, not always. <laughs> good luck, man. Right. Good luck, you know? Hmm. I love it. I love it. I was just thinking, um, uh, I know, back to Beato. Beato's got a couple other uh, insights that he's got on the Beatles that are probably well-known, but were kind of interesting to me as I was listening yeah. through some of his stuff, which is like, the starting with the chorus, obviously, I don't know if that was yeah. necessarily uh, a trademark of the Beatles, but yeah, it's, it, it's yeah, an, obvi- it it's an yeah. obvious one. But then yeah. there's also um, repetitive choruses, chorus uh-huh. lyrics, where yeah. it's just, you're going to say Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds sometimes, yeah. and yeah. you're going to say, um, you know, you name it, like the, the chorus is relatively uh, straightforward, which I think yep, is like, yep. yes, that's what I want. It's effective, right? Yeah. I mean, 
part of listening to music, you must listen to it over and over again because you want to get that feeling. You have it stuck in your head. You hear the thing and they're really, really good. And I feel fine. Right. Sort of nailing those chorus chorus moments. Well, I'm glad you listened. I'm glad you watched it. Thank you. Thank you for watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a pleasure, Phil. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening, of course, to Valley of Dreams. I believe that we have time for a technology segment, Phil. Is that a correct? We do. Let's do it. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. We're known for a lot of things. We got the quick draw. We have the music segment. And many of our listeners are based in Silicon Valley and love to hear our take on tech news. Today in tech on the Valley of Dreams. As I understand it, there is a new or old, there is a year old, I love, we're very up to date. There is a year old new Grand Theft Auto game. And the music from this game has just been publicly released on Amazon Prime and other streaming services. This new Grand Theft Auto game contains new music from Dr. Dre, the well-known West Coast music producer, Dr. Dre and a variety of other artists, including Eminem, Ty Dolla Sign, and Busta Rhymes. Phil, have you listened to the new Grand Theft Auto Dr. Dre music? What is up with people releasing music via video games? And what can this tell us about the present day world of technology? All right. So those are big three. I have only listened to it because it showed up in our show notes. So (laughs) people who aren't familiar with our show notes, you're able to contribute to them for a fee. Mm -hmm. And I think one of our listeners paid somehow got this in there. This is not an endorsement of GTA, but um, someone paid $10,000. Somebody paid for this spot. Somebody paid for this spot, but I I listened to a couple of the tracks. Uh, I know it's been out for a year, but you know, things, I got a backlog. No one knew that though. I got a backlog of things, but I'll tell you what, I Mm. think it's, I don't know that I necessarily like the music, but I've, I really like most things that Dr. Dre is involved with. Yeah. And I also really like the kind of like, he doesn't care that he's not known for being a great personal lyricist, but that yeah. he um, works with artists and then uses his artistic, you know, like performance ability to like yeah. contribute to tracks. And so yeah. I think that's really cool, mostly because I can't even recognize Dr. Dre as being Dr. Dre on some of these tracks. Like uh-huh. notably the the track with Eminem on it called Gospel. Uh. If you were to play that to me and be like, that's mm-hmm. Dr. Or who is that rapping? I'd be like, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> couldn't tell you. Don't know. Only reason I know is because I'm looking at the YouTube, uh, the title of the YouTube track. And it's um, Because it sounds, one... Mm-hmm. Like Eminem, who is, you know, a sponge mm. for uh, all different types of flow and mm. rhyming. And uh. it's probably pretty accurate that Eminem wrote these lyrics for Dr. Dre. Uh, the internal rhyme the, schemes. The internal rhyme schemes and the, oh, this type of flow is really hot right now. 
Right, um, right. You should try. You should do dibbidi bobbidi boo on this one, or like llama llama red pajama. You should put it on there. So anyway. I haven't listened to it very deeply, but uh, the tracks that I have listened to, I think are interesting, worth a listen. And um, last question. I think you said, what is my stance on releasing music one year after the fact via a video game and then on YouTube? Yeah, something like that. I think it's cool. I think it's pretty cool. (laughs) I think it's cool. I think... um, you mean, you know, we just got done talking about the Beatles. It used to be you put out albums with your movie. So yeah, I think yeah, if, you're, hey, if yeah. you're putting out albums with your video game, cool. I mean, yeah. I know I'm talking to somebody on the phone right now who thinks that I or at one point listened to a Jay-Z album that was closely tied to a movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, I are think- Are you on it, the phone with me or are you talking to someone else? <laughs> I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Uh <laughs> So yeah, I, I think it's cool. I don't know if it's going to. I did that really way. like that American Gangster movie or song album right. that came out. Right, pretty. I didn't want to put you on. I don't want to put yeah. you totally on blast, but you know, I bet. Jay-Z. Well, he had been so whack there for you know his whatever he was putting out, the Kingdom Come and all that. You know, yeah. So the and but I, I don't get why you would want to shut up Frank Lucas on anything. I'm not sure what positive thing frank lucas ever gave to the world uh a, a pretty decent jay-z album yeah pretty <laughs> decent jay-z album where he disses beanie siegel come on man yeah. <laughs> I think, where, yeah, I, where are you at on it where are you at on the contract grand theft auto the contract I think it is absolutely fascinating that Dr. Dre could not drop detox. Shout out to him for not dropping detox. And yet, unbeknownst to everyone, as far as I know, is putting out music on Grand Theft Auto soundtracks that sound, you know, the music is, I like the beats quite a lot. The production sounds good. Um, I'm always fascinated at his willingness to update his flow. I don't know if you watched the uh, documentary, the whatever it was called, The Individualist or something like that, that was on uh, HBO. They had some scenes of him at his house rapping, and he was doing kind of contemporary rap styles. And I find it fascinating that he's just willing to do that. Where He honestly could rap like he raps on The Chronic, and everyone, I think, would be fairly happy with that, we're not really looking for innovations in rapping from Dr. Dre. As you've noted, he makes no claim whatsoever to being a lyricist, which I agree is fantastic. So shout out to him for pushing himself. And his and he has this kind of feeling that his projects will have more value if his voice is on them. And I think that's correct. Listening to these tracks, I was reminded of what an excellent vocal performer Dr. Dre is in addition to being a talented producer. So I personally find this very weird, um, you know, as a, right. as a way to release music, but you know what? These video games are very popular with the youth and music is very often for the youth, even if it's being made by, you know, 55 year old recluses um, so shout out to Dr. Dre and Eminem and all their other collaborators. Most importantly, Ty Dolla Sign, because wow, I really like Ty Dolla Sign a lot. 
I'm gonna look. I mean, I'm gonna look close more closely into those tracks. I think Diamond Mine. It's got Nipsey mm-hmm. Hustle on it. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. Ty on it. I'll uh, uh-huh. I'll spend some time with that one. Is there a track off the album that that stuck out to you at all that I should uh, <laughs> put some more time into? Because I don't know if I can listen to gospel again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you brought that one up because for me, the beat was hard on that one, and the rapping. I didn't. I skipped over the Eminem part, but. I liked what Dre was doing, you know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I'll give it another shot then. I'll give it another ladies, shot. Ladies and gentlemen, give it a shot. Live that life. This, of course, is Valley of Dreams. Speaking for Phil, this is Daniel. We will see you next week.